You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Welcome to The Scrimmage. I'm Justin Domashevitz, producer Andrew Gross here with me. Daniel Hargrove, unfortunately, is no longer with us today. But he'll be back hopefully next week. Actually, Andrew, we need to have a production meeting about how we're going to handle next week because you guys will be camping. Yeah, Daniel and I are definitely gone next week. Okay, but I was told you would get home in the afternoon. So will we be able to, will we be able to record something in between the time that... Uh, you guys get home, and then the three hours span before you have to go to bed because you have to wake up really early in I'm the morning. I'm planning on taking that Monday off, actually. Oh, so, nice. So it might be... It, Party. It might just be late for you. Party. Yeah, definitely. No problem. I'm I'm a creature of the night. You don't really work until like late in the morning anyway. I mean, if we're going to be honest, I don't really work that hard at all, so it's <laughs> not really going to be a problem for me. Anyway... That was a good production meeting. Now I'll intro the show. We have some very exciting things to talk about because Mariners, wow, holy crap. I don't want to, spoiler alert, I don't want to give you, I don't want to spoil the ending of what just happened in case you missed it, but cool things are happening in Mariners land. The Seahawks played a preseason game. We have local (laughs) sports, we have local high school football to preview. Why did you laugh when I mentioned the preseason game? Uh, I was like, well, you just ruined all of my... You, you just spoiled all of my content on that. Okay, yeah. That was, yeah, actually also mine. So, uh, there's that. But for now, we are going to... I think the highlight of the show will be talking some local high school football. We don't have a ton to talk about because none of it's happened yet. But this weekend are going to be the jamborees that our local teams are participating in. So, Thanks. let's just go ahead and kick it off with a two-minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go, hello! Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two minute situation. 44 seconds, hand the ball around. Gun do it right, gun do it right. Three jet buckeye, don't worry. Three. The two minute drill starts now. The Seattle Seahawks beat the Dallas Cowboys in a preseason game 22 to 14 on Saturday. Andrew, your thoughts? There were no major injuries, that makes me happy. Other than that, I really don't have any thoughts. I didn't watch this game. I'm sorry. That's okay. Will you read the next question? <laughs> no. Julio Rodriguez, Justin, your thoughts? Julio is the man breaking the record for hits in a four-game span, four straight, four-plus hit performances in a crucial stretch for the Mariners. Then he stunk today for some reason. All he did was hit a double and score a run. Not good enough, Julio. SMH. Not good enough. Julio Rodriguez, after having a decent but pretty disappointing start to the season has been phenomenal for the last month and a half to two months he is now the player that he is going to be in the future and I think Andrew you summed it up perfectly after this this might have been a prophecy after the first of the four hit games which was a five for five game you texted to our group Julio is special again and then he went on a historic (laughs) tear after Andrew the prophet foretold it. I I didn't foretell it. I just recognized it. The Mariners. Andrew, your thoughts? 
they may never lose again. Yeah. I'm just joking. Mm. It, they're they're on a freaking heater right along with Julio. I think Jeff Passan is the one that said it first this earlier this season, but as Julio goes, so go the Mariners. And Julio is on a heater, and he's carrying the Mariners right with him, and everybody else around him is starting to play better too. It's exciting. Justin, the Yankees stink. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> Few things give me more pleasure than the Yankees stinking. Let's go, let's go! Sorry, I misclicked. If there's going to be a few misclicks throughout the course of this show, that is because when Daniel is not here, Andrew is... He has to step up his game a little bit. He goes from just being a producer who misclicks things every once in a while <laughs> to being a producer and a co-host. Yeah, I resemble that remark. So it, it becomes difficult. Uh, although, and we, we do have a full segment we're going to talk about the Mariners. So after the commercial, we're going to do that. And before we do that, we're going to do Stump Dandrew. Uh-oh. But I, I think it's just worth mentioning, Andrew, Yeah. your prophecy it wasn't a prophecy. Was, I just recognized it. Like you, you watched I didn't the say, game. I didn't say Julio's going to go on an amazing run. I said, hey guys, Julio's special again. You did. It was simple and it was to the point. And I looked at it and I was like, all right, he went five for five. Cause that's cool. Cause the crazy thing about Julio is he hasn't been bad. Even this, it wasn't just kind of disappointing. It was very disappointing through the first half of the season. But he even even when he was slumping, he was average. Yeah. And we were having the conversation about whether, like, were expectations just too high for Julio? Like, we had such high expectations after one season, but now he's just an average player. And now he's special again. Well, he went... Uh, on a pretty long stretch there where he had a batting average in the 230s and 240s. Mm -hmm. And he was on pace for 30 home runs and, and 30 stolen bases, as Jerry DePoto was very quick to point out <laughs> on the radio. That, hey, you guys think he's bad, but look, he's actually doing some good stuff. And then... He's still one of the better players. He was one of the best players on our team right. in his slump. A and And I think the thing that stood out to me the most about during the slump, which was a pretty significant amount of time. Like yeah. It was a good month and a half or so, two months at the beginning of the season. Yeah, But the way... You guys, and I haven't watched a lot except highlights. I've watched a random game here and there. I don't have Root Sports, so I don't get to watch the games as consistently as I'd like to. But just hearing your frustration in how much he was striking out and the way that he looked at the plate. Yeah. And he's completely turned that around. Yeah, he's hitting the Even ball instead of waving at the ball. As recently as a few weeks ago, Daniel was still talking about how bad he looks at the plate. <laughs> But I think it's the nature of a player like Julio who's capable of such greatness with the bat. Like, your expectation level gets raised so much. It's like, do you remember, you know, in, in, the, in the heat of the Legion of Boom defense when the Seattle Seahawks were legitimately, historically, don't at me, the greatest defense in the history of the NFL? Which I think can be statistically proven, although other people are going to argue about it. Definitely the greatest pass defense in the history of the NFL. I was annoyed when they allowed a first down. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you'd watch those games, and I'd be like, a it'd completion. be like third and three, I and they'd allow a four-yard completion, and I'm like, what the heck, guys? This is unacceptable. 
How do you expect our team to score if you don't give them the ball inside the 20? Exactly. So the story of this season for Julio uh, is he's great again. The story of Julio's career is going to be managing expectations and whether he'll be able to live up to the lofty Ken Griffey Jr.-like goals that as fans, as a collective group of fans, we have set out for him. That record that he just broke, that four-game hitting the the record for the most most uh, hits in a four game stretch. Yeah, that was he broke a record that has stood since 1926. That's crazy. Which and I don't I'm not a baseball historian. Um, I feel like Daniel's more in tune with that stuff. But that was at least one era ago, right? Yeah. Like I, mm-hmm. that's that's insane to me. Agreed. That was that was a completely different game. That was being played at that time. And and there was one game in there that went 10 innings, I think. It's not like you're play- he's getting eight at-bats in some 14-inning games. Like, he was <laughs> he was going yeah, that's fair. five for five, four for five, four for six. You know, those, those it, was, it was like he probably Crazy. got out four times, I think, across those four games. The, I, last night after the game, I, I think – I don't remember who was interviewing him, him after the game, but they were like – are you surprised when you strike out now? And he, he, he was like, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I liked the thought of like, well, no, Oh, Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Normally I hit. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, he struck out twice today, so yeah. he's getting, he, he's remembered. He's actually pretty good at striking out like overall, <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to share uh, the stats from this graphic that I don't remember if you or Daniel shared this to our group chat, the one about Julio versus the Yankees. Uh, that wasn't me, so it must have been Daniel. Okay, so across that four-game stretch oh, yes. <laughs> that Julio <laughs> broke the record with 17 hits, those four games, the Yankees also had 17 hits as a team. <laughs> also only scored four runs. Julio scored five. Also, the Mariners had four wins. The Yankees had zero. Julio had four wins. Exactly. And <laughs> Julio had five stolen bases, and across those four games, the Yankees had zero. So over those four games, Julio himself, and it's a funny comparison because it's not like they were playing each other. And and the discussion that we had in our group chat afterwards was like, like it's the Yankees. Like, how is that relevant or how is it any more cool? <laughs> like, And in my mind, it's amazing because it's the Yankees. It, it would be cool if it was any team. Like, it'd be cool if it was the A's. The A's are a dumpster fire. It'd be cool if it was the Royals or the Tigers or whatever the worst teams in the league are. It's cooler because it's the Yankees, not because the Yankees are good, but because they're the Yankees. Like, I want that made it so much more fun. And then I get to text it to my Yankee fan friend, Francis, who's like, oh, yeah, well, the Mariners usually stink. And I'm like, hey, I'm dwelling in the present, not the past. (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Well, I don't really start watching baseball until October. Yeah. Yeah. That won't work out well for him. He slapped me. He's going to be confused when it gets to October and the Yankees aren't there. He slapped me with a, man, I can't remember the last time the Yankees were under 500. (laughs) Don't the Mariners do that kind of a lot? (laughs) And I was like, shut up, Francis. (laughs) But yeah, over that four-game stretch, Julio was better in wins, better in runs, way better in stolen bases, and exactly the same in hits as an entire team, which is the... Most successful team in Major League Baseball history. Also one of the highest uh, payroll teams, aren't they? Aren't yeah, they like Yeah, they're like third, the, I yeah. think is what we figured out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Yankees suck. 
Let's move on to my favorite part of the show. Whack. Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Daniel. This will be Stump, not Andrew. <laughs> because maybe Andrew. maybe it's a it's better if we don't uh, change the entire name of the segment. Right? So we'll still start it with Stump Da, like Daniel, but we'll go Stump Dandrew. Well, my brother's name was Daniel as well, so... There was, I mean, there was probably more and Daniels because I'm older. Yeah. But there's, there's, I've, I respond to Dandrew. When you're, when you're, when you were a kid, your parents called you by the wrong name a lot. I, I don't think a lot, but there's, there were five of us. So. Oh, I had only sisters, and I still got called the wrong name all the time, <laughs> like constantly. <laughs> it was good though, because like sometimes my parents were so used to scolding me. And my older sister never misbehaved. So every once in a while, like the ra- I feel like the rare occasions that she got in trouble, they would accidentally call her Justin because they're they're just so used to only scolding someone by that name. <laughs> That's perfect. Anyway, I love, I love it. Stump Dandrew is brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. And I, Dan, D- Dandrew, I really legitimately almost just called you Dandrew. <laughs> See, that works. Andrew. I thought since we are in the game of previewing high school football season, we'd play a little game of which team does this guy play for? So I have in high front of me. High school football? Yes. Version? Oh, neat. <laughs> I will be so bad at this. <laughs> all of these are players, or all of these are athletes that you've definitely heard their name before. Okay. And I feel like you, there's some Aberdeen kids in here. You've got connections there. You might know them. Okay. All these players... Don't, don't say that now. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is Aberdeen kids, uh, Andrew should know who you are, and if he doesn't, you should be very offended. Well, so th- you should have a poor, <laughs> a poor opinion of my ability to remember you, for sure. Uh, okay, so all of these, and uh, honestly, I would go 10 for 10 on this list. Daniel would go 10 for 10 on this list. Oh, that's not So we'll see surprising. what our producer, Andrew, can do here. All these players are either from, they're from the big four schools in our area. So Elma, Montesano, Aberdeen, Hoquim. Okay, so a 25% chance. <laughs> First one, Daniel, or... Uh, Dandrew. Dandrew. I'm just going to go with Dandrew. I feel like it'll be easier. Carter Studer, Andrew. What school does Carter Studer play for? This is not good radio. Uh, I like it. I do. I like letting the tension build. I don't think I recognize that name. Okay. I'm going to guess Elma. Carter because Studer. The oh. reason I'm guessing Elma okay. is because I feel like I'm more likely to have heard the names of Montesano, Aberdeen, or Hoquiam athletes because Daniel's from Hoquiam and you're from Montesano and I'm from Aberdeen. That's Carter my theory. Studer. Carter Studer is the quarterback. I believe he was all league last year. He's the quarterback for the Elma Eagles. So you're one for one. <laughs> You nailed it. You knew it. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah, you had definitely it right knew off it. the bat. Definitely knew it. Next name, Andrew Tyler Johansson. What school does Tyler Johansson play? Johansson. Sounds Dutch. He's a tight end <laughs> and a defensive lineman. Real big, real strong. Shoot, I recognize that name, but I don't. I do not remember who he plays for. Okay. 
I am going to guess Montesano. Tyler Johansson is a senior at Montesano High School. Andrew, you are two for two. <laughs> and your knowledge really shows yes. in the two for two. Next name, Andrew uh, Dandrew, is Marcus Hale. Dandrew, what school does Marcus Hale play for? I don't know this one either. Oh no. You don't you didn't know the other two, but you also got those ones right. Yeah. Somehow. Makes I, me wonder I, if you're cheating. I recognize <laughs> you can see you can see <laughs> that I'm not controlling the computer. I, I recognize Well, I can't see the computer of your brain. Uh yeah, I'm cheating by looking things up in the computer of my brain. Mm-hmm. I think that's just called trying to remember, Justin. Do you have Google in there? No, I do not. Mm-hmm. Yet. Do you have Ask Jeeves? <laughs> Alta Vista? <laughs> spider? You remember the spider search yeah. engine? Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I'm guessing Hoquiam. This I don't even have a good good uh, I don't have a good reason for guessing Hoquiam, but I'm gonna guess Hoquiam. Well, you got your first one wrong. Oh shoot. Marcus Hale is he was all league last year as a tight end. For the Aberdeen Bobcats. So you've oh, a, you've officially failed I'm sorry, Marcus. your own school. Marcus Hale, uh, a ton <laughs> of potential. <laughs> all league. I don't remember if it was first or second team, but he was all league. I think it was second team as a sophomore. So he's coming back as a junior this year. Oh, and that makes – at least I didn't coach him. I, I think one thing to look out for with Marcus, too, is I don't know – he was playing tight end, but they had so many backs at Aberdeen. I think he's a guy who might be really good with the ball in his hands, and it'll be interesting to see what Aberdeen does with him this year. In, in theory, you should be able to get the ball into a tight end's hands. In theory. Next name, Xander Jump. Oh. Xander Xander Jump. Jump. I don't know Xander at all, but I do know Jumps. Okay. Where do Jumps live? <laughs> the Jumps that I know live in East County. Okay. But I don't know if that's where they came from. <laughs> I know the jumps that you're thinking of. And I actually think I that played. the Xander Jump family is not related to that jump Okay, family. well, thanks for that. But I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, yeah, I actually, I played uh, for a year on the Bearcats with a jump. Yes, and there was a jump who was a photographer that yes, took a lot of pictures. That's right. and, yeah. His his daughter was yeah. a photographer. Uh, I'm... I'm going to guess Hoquiam again. Hoquiam is correct. Good job. Xander Jump is a wide receiver and a cornerback going into, I believe, his senior season for the Hoquiam Grizzlies. Next name, Andrew. You're three for four, impressively. Next Very. name is Jackson Wilson. Jeez. You did really good picking names that I don't remember. It's really funny because I feel like all the names that I picked are the players that Daniel and I talk about the most. But it, I wouldn't even argue with you. Okay. I just... <laughs> you talk about a lot of names. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the... Wait, you don't listen to the conversations I, when I talk about who might be the backup uh, cornerback at Montesano High School? I do listen, <laughs> but names don't stick in my head very well. Because that's not Jackson Wilson. And especially when I don't actually know know the people. Uh, can, can I get the name again? Jackson Wilson. Okay. J-A-X-S-O-N. 
Oh, jeez. See, if I would have read it, I would remember it. Jackson. Yeah. I'm going to guess Montesano. Jackson Wilson will be under center as a quarterback. He also plays like a Blood Rover spot on defense. That tells me that it's probably Montesano. For the Montesano Bulldogs. <laughs> and you are four for five despite saying that you didn't know any of these names, but somehow you got four of them right by Googling it in your brain. I am a good test taker. All right. <laughs> ask, ask Jeeves. I never thought that that would, I never thought that would come in handy this far <laughs> into my life. Ask the Jeeves in your brain about this one. Paul Baltazar. Andrew, what school does Paul Baltazar play for? That name I recognize. Okay. And I don't remember where he plays. Oh, no. Baltazar. So far, your deductive reasoning skills have led you to four out of five correct. Baltazar is a really cool name. Yeah. It makes me think of, like... Assyrian kings. He does like not play for Assyria. Yeah, wait, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't Assyrian, but uh, he doesn't play for Assyria. That's, no. that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Does he play for Aberdeen? Final answer. <laughs> I asked you. <laughs> yes, that's my final answer. I'm gonna I give it to you. I, you know that was a little sketchy Aberdeen. what you just did, but Paul Baltasar does play for Aberdeen. So you're, I, you're five for six. He'll be a senior this year, plays offensive and defensive line. Okay. One of the best players on their team should be an anchor for them. Here's the next one. We got four left. You're five for six. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Aiden Butcher. Andrew, Aiden Butcher. I know an Aiden that played for Aberdeen, but he graduated. I think. He, definitely, he has, definitely graduated. Aberdeen also has an Aiden that didn't graduate. Oh, really? Yeah. It, there must be a lot of Aidens in a, some... some yeah. yeah. Uh, Butcher. Aiden Butcher. You might remember him from our scrimmage all-defensive basketball team. Oh, he's a basketball on player. On which I believe he was first team. All-league defensive team. <laughs> Selected by Daniel, me, and the coaches of the league. Oh, shoot. Well, a few of the coaches of the league. Is he? Does he play in Elma? I, I, I'm guessing that he plays in Elma. Ooh, I'm sorry. Oh, that okay. is not correct. He's actually a Hoquiam Grizzly. I should have trusted my gut. You're five for seven. Three left. Felix Romero is the next name. I should, that's a of of soccer fame as well. Very good soccer player. Also good wrestler. Yeah. Feel like I'm losing it here. I don't have a good. I do recognize that name, but I don't remember what 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 team he goes with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Felix Romero. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess See now I'm all inside my own head and everything. Just I'm gonna ask Jeeves. I'm gonna guess Hoquim. Oh, I'm sorry, that is not correct. You're now five for eight and you're spiraling. Felix Romero will Definitely be playing spiraling. linebacker and kicker for Montesano this season. Oh. I think he's also a backup quarterback, but don't quote me on that. 
Oh, okay. Aiden Watkins. You got two left. Aiden Watkins. Aiden Watkins plays for Aberdeen. That is correct. Aiden Watkins does play for Aberdeen. You're I now, know Aiden. You're six for nine. You got one more. <laughs> I didn't set any parameters at the beginning, but I'm going to say if you get this one wrong, you're in the Husky zone. That is... If I get it wrong, I'm in the Husky zone. Yeah. <laughs> so you, that means you're in you're, the Big Ten. Then you're in big the Big 12. Ten. Yeah, Big yeah. Ten. If you get it right, you're basically an independent. You'd be a Coug. Do you I, want to be a Coug? Yes, okay. I am a Coug. Gabe Bodwell. Don't know. Andrew, what team does Gabe Bodwell play for? I don't know. Uh, I, gosh, darn it, I haven't known, I knew, I'm glad Summon I knew, everything I'm glad you know. I knew Aiden Watkins, I knew one, I knew <laughs> one of these. Summon everything you know in your brain about the way I would structure questions and deduce by logical reasoning and asking Jeeves what school you think Gabe Bodwell goes to. No. <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess Montesano. You are in the Coog zone, my friend. Gabe Bodwell, fullback and defensive end for Montesano High School. And uh, we are going to talk That's some more. Really, that, wait, that was, was that six seven? or ten? You seven got seven out of ten. Oh, okay. You had I still one, feel like that doesn't really deserve to you be had the Coog zone. one really bad stretch in there. But besides that, rock solid. Oh, wait, because the top would be the beaver zone. Because this is Stump Dandrew. Yeah, Dandrew. So I didn't actually, that was all strategic. I didn't want to answer too many questions correct and end up in the beef zone. Yeah, because then you would be an independent school that you're not interested in being a part of. Yeah, well, I like them, but okay. I like them as, as a rival, not as a team I root for. I like them, too, because I like it when Daniel's happy. Yeah. I have no yeah. real rooting interest in the Beavers, except that, you know, it's fun when the Beavers do something cool because they usually stink at most things. <laughs> so, like, when something good happens They're, for the Beavers, it's really easy to be happy for Daniel. I feel like they've been really good at baseball. That's like, true. consistently. That's true. But I was trying to do a thing where we, like, make fun of the Beavers, and then you kind of But honestly, ruined it. name a college sport that's less relevant. Is curling? Does, uh, I don't know if that's even a college sport. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Well, we have some uh, local sports stuff to talk about. We do have to name an athlete of the week and we are also going to dig into some Daniel's more Daniel's going to be mad at me for that. We're going to dig into <laughs> some more Mariner stuff. He won't listen probably so you're oh, okay. Oh good. Uh we're digging into some more Mariner stuff, but first let's take a quick commercial break. Break. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. The scrimmage is brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Andrew Gross, our producer here, also playing co-host with me today. And I'm Justin Domashevitz. And Andrew, I have a question for you. I have an answer for you. If somebody... T today's Sunday. Okay, the so answer is yes. Pretend that it's Saturday. <laughs> okay, I'll pretend it's Saturday. Okay. Okay. If somebody said to you, next Wednesday, 
what does that mean to you? That means the very next Wednesday. The, so the 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 next Wednesday to happen. So wouldn't that be this Wednesday? That would be this Wednesday as well. Yeah. So this ne- Wednesday and next Wednesday mean the same thing to you. On Saturday, absolutely. What if it was Monday? If it's Monday, this next Wednesday would I would probably want clarification. I would probably be I would assume that it meant next week's Wednesday. Okay. But I would I would be like, do you mean next week or this week? My home is split on this because we had this conversation yesterday, which was Saturday. Yeah. And uh myself and my son, my thirteen year old son, or fourteen, oh my gosh, he just had a birthday. My fourteen year old son both believe that this Wednesday refers to the Wednesday that is next to happen, regardless of where you are in the breaking of the week. I would agree with that. Okay. But this wi- Wednesday, this Wednesday means the, the very next one. So, but you're also saying that next Wednesday, if the week hasn't changed over yet, next Wednesday also means that. Yes. I would, I would say I would interpret any time after Wednesday, but before Monday, Okay. I would think of like next Wednesday as being like the next week. Do, do you consider Sunday or Monday to be the start of the week? Because if you consider Monday to be the start of the week, calendars everywhere will disagree with you. Yeah, I uh, start my week on Monday. Okay. I I recognize that that doesn't as- agree with the calendars, but I also end my weeks on Saturdays. So Sunday's just like an empty day. So to me, and I, I, end, I end weeks on Saturdays because <laughs> entirely and only because of the UPS uh, vacation scheduling yeah. system, which yeah. you schedule it based on the, the week ending Saturday, so whatever. To, but so to you, Monday is the start of the week. Saturday is the end of the week and Sunday is a floater. I guess so. So, I hadn't really thought about this. So beforehand, Sunday is yeah, like Sunday's, a bit of a nebulous like it, it's Sunday is when I record the scrimmage. Yeah. See, I like to think of Sunday. And have family breakfast. <laughs> I like to think of Sunday as the start of the week because, hey, what better way to start the week than with the scrimmage? Yeah, sure. But I contend that this this Wednesday should always refer to the next Wednesday that's happening. And even if it's a Saturday, if somebody told me next Wednesday, I would assume that it was the Wednesday after the Wednesday that was coming. So, yeah, I guess to me it is next wednesday in the t- in the time of in the period of time between wednesdays mm-hmm. next wednesday is ambiguous enough that i would want to to if you told me just like this is happening next wednesday and it was something i needed to be ready for i would need to clarify okay do you mean this week or next week you have approached this from a very logical and practical standpoint and I appreciate that, <laughs> but it's not what Daniel would have given me. <laughs> I'm okay. So, I'm sorry for being a good communicator. Before we get into Mariners, I have, I need to tell you something that I did yesterday and I want you to rate it, rate it on an obnoxious scale of one to 10. Okay. So I was having a conversation with my wife and it started with, uh, Hey, you know, we've been seeing a lot of spiders around the house lately. And I was like, yeah, I've seen like oh, 10 no, and she was I, like, the worst. she was like, yeah, I've seen like 20. And I was like, Oh, I think last time I counted, it was like 55. And then she was like, no, I've seen 80. And then at some point I was like, you know what? I've seen a thousand spiders. Cause I, I couldn't not win. 
then she, that's not so the, when she said 80 yeah she was definitely engaging with you in the obnoxiousness so then I'm just saying i jumped to a thousand right like we weren't even at a hundred yet and i jumped yeah. to a thousand then she said you wouldn't count to a thousand <laughs> so do you know what i did Andrew, you've known what me for you a do? long time. You've known did me you for a long time. Did you count to 1,000? I counted to 1,000. Out loud? Out loud. How we were, long did that take you? Uh, my wife said it was 10 minutes. I think I did it faster. I feel like she won that. Well, if you had asked her, she definitely did not win. Because the first thing she said when I finished counting to 1,000, which I did from beginning <laughs> to end without stopping, out loud, despite the fact that my wife and my daughter were both trying to get me to stop, not only by asking me and pleading with me to stop, but also doing the thing where like you say different numbers. Like I was at 55 and they were like, oh, 12, 16, 22, like that, trying to mess me up. Yeah. Didn't work. I got to 1,000. How can you tell? And she said, that's 10 minutes of my life I'm never going to get back. <laughs> so on a scale of 1 to 10, Andrew, rate the obnoxiousness level of that. I think that was pretty obnoxious. I would give it like a 9.5. Wow. I will say, I don't think that your wife dealt with it quite right because she should have filmed it. Okay. That's a good point. Because I, I want to be able to see it and make fun of you counting to 1,000. Isn't it interesting though that like the level of obnoxiousness that she deals <laughs> deals with from me it on is. a regular it basis? Is. It is. So in her mind, like, yeah, that was really obnoxious, but that wasn't like I'm gonna record <laughs> it level obnoxious. Well, see, to me, you're the one that lost ten minutes of your life. She gets to spend that ten minutes laughing at you. No, I and making fun of you. I was the victor. She said I wouldn't count to a thousand and I did. I won that. She said, you wouldn't do this. And I proved that I would. <laughs> I, I came out of that victorious. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. What's up, chicken butt? Okay, let's talk about some Mariner stuff. <laughs> so I know I love the way that you answered the Mariner's question, which was that we may never lose again. I just like that. Well, it's a fun thing to say. It's a fun thing to say when they're, you're on like a, we're on a five gate the Mariners are on a five game winning streak and it's like, I don't know. The Mariners may never win. They may never lose again. So now, realistically, I recognize that they're going to be playing the Royals again, I believe in the near future and they'll probably lose to them. Well, and it will be like, how did you just beat? How did you just sweep the Astros and now you're going to lose to a terrible team? Well, their next series is the White Sox <laughs> and the White Another Sox terrible are terrible. Team. Yeah. So I, I was really disappointed when we had Sean on last week because we the Mariners had been playing so well, best team in the majors, and then they lost a, a series two to one to the best team in the American League, the Orioles, and then we were all so upset. <laughs> we, it felt bad. We went real gloom and doom, and then since that they've won six games in a row. We probably shouldn't change anything then. Well, I don't know. I I just I feel. I felt like in the moment as we were doing that with Sean, like talking about how frustrating it was. I guess it was also the way they lost, you know, not being able to come up with situational hits and extra yeah. innings. But I, I felt a little bad in hindsight looking at how we just kind of destroyed how bad their offense is, blah, 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 all this stuff. They needed other bats. John Stanton is a poorsy who doesn't have enough money to successfully run a baseball club. And I just went soccer. I called it a club. 
Oh, yeah, you did. A baseball team. So the Mariners now, and even then, were playing really well. So they're, they're the best team in the majors. And as I'm looking at where they are in the wild card and where they are in relation to the Astros, they're half a game up in the wild card on the Blue Jays. They're half a game back now after sweeping the Astros. But I say, screw the Astros. They're like three games back of the Rangers. Astros. Division time. They're going to go out and win the AL West and march their butts all the way to the World Series. Sky's the limit. I'm not predicting that, but I am. Hit me with a prophecy. So happy <laughs> that that's still within reach. Yeah. That's what. That's what. To me, that's what's so cool. Like it. It was a frustrating, disappointing first half of the season. But at it through all of those games where, like Daniel was saying a few weeks ago, several weeks ago now probably, they they. Because they went through, the Mariners went through more than half of the season without ever having a losing or winning streak longer than f- four games, I believe. Yeah. They win. They were overwhelmingly they, average. They were so average. Yeah. But you know what? At this point, and hopefully going forward in this season, we can look back at that and think, you know what? At least disappointing and frustrating was average Mm -hmm. instead of terrible like the yankees yeah at least they weren't digging themselves an actual hole they kept on trying to dig themselves a hole and then trying to dig out of it and then trying to dig themselves another hole and then trying to Mm -hmm. dig out of it but they stayed within range yeah and now at the end of the season they're not out of it and and when they start playing well it's not like Oh yeah, great! You're playing well now, and you're twenty games behind. It's like, oh hey, they just won five straight. And, is it five? Now? Six now. Six now. Yeah. Six straight, and they're in a wild card. I am now seeing other people, whether it's in our text group or whether listening to the post game on the radio on my way here. Everyone's looking at the division now. So yeah, because all of a sudden you are in the wild card. But we were all holding our breath after yesterday's win over the Astros, going, if you could sweep the Astros, something special is happening. Yeah. And as soon as that one-run victory was in the books with a fly ball that Julio caught in center field, collectively Seattle fans everywhere this was, where was I, a struggle, I, too. I, yeah. Like, both teams went deep in the in the bullpens. Yes, because Hancock left with a shoulder injury sucks. after two innings, which totally stinks. And then I can't remember the name of the pitcher that came in and let up five runs. I've bullpen arms are always in my head. I'm not going to guess a name. I, I think I remember up. the name, but I'm not. It gonna, starts with I'm, a C. Oh, it wasn't the one I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I I think uh, I think there was a moment where like in my head i kept going man forget the wild card forget beat passing the astros the seat the mariners are going to win the division and i thought in my head like wow that's going out on a limb i don't know how many people are going to disagree with me i'm being ridiculous and then all of a sudden 
they're talking about it on the post game. And I pull up social media and it's on social media. I get a text in our baseball group chat from somebody saying, the Mariners are going to win the division. It's happening, baby! <laughs> you keep looking over your shoulder, Rangers, because that's going to slow you down and the Mariners are going to draft. They're going to be right behind you, like using your <laughs> the wind resistance off of you to break the wind. And I don't mean fart. I just mean break the wind. And then at the moment when you look over your shoulder and it slows you down one tiny little bit, zoom! Mariners are going right past you. Did you just out yourself as a cycling fan? <clears throat> I thought that was a NASCAR thing. Oh, yeah, it's a NASCAR fan then? It's, it's, a, it's a cycling. It's a racing thing Drafting. in general. Yeah, I absolutely. said break wind, though. I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> when you're I mean, drafting, it sounds right to me. You're use, but you're you're literally using the yeah. person in front of you to break yeah. the wind. Yeah, that's why. Geese, <laughs> but you don't want the person in front of you. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, that is geese fly in a V because they break wind, <laughs> so they don't want to be directly behind the other. They're drafting. Goose. They're drafting off each other. Okay. They will. You'll see when it, it'll probably it'll happen pretty soon. It's late August. Uh, when, when the geese start flying south. You'll see the they'll switch off being the lead because that is the harder work. All I will all I'll say as we shift off of goose talk oh. uh, is that you know why Canadian geese <laughs> are so ornery and Canadians are so nice. <laughs> no, <laughs> Canada has collectively put all of their aggressive tendencies into their geese. That's oh, what happened. Interesting. Yeah. What about the moose? Aren't those kind of aggressive? The, moose, the meese? Yeah, the meese. <laughs> I feel like mo I've seen videos of mooses being aggressive. I don't, they, I'm not saying they can't be aggressive. I, in general, moose are not like super aggressive. They're just really dangerous because they're huge. Is they're really big. I've, so I, if I, they feel cornered and they come after you you are gonna get really hurt because i think i didn't realize how big moose it, it's gonna bother me that i don't know the plural of moose <laughs> is it moose is it like a deer deer is plural of deer it's meese is it meese no you're messing with me because goose and geese but moose, moose and meesen okay <laughs> so i've seen videos i've seen videos of moose as meeses on TikTok. It, I think it's moose. Honestly. And they're like towering over cars on the road. Like they're they're gigantic. I had I knew they were big, but I until within the last year or so it I was had Sacedo who mm -hmm. gave up five runs, okay. by the way. So it didn't start with a C. It starts with a C sound. Sasa is a C sound? Yeah. Okay. Like Cespedes? A soft C sound, like, yes. <laughs> that means that even if I wasn't right, I was as close <laughs> to being right as possible without actually being right. Yeah, good job. Good so job. if it were Stump Justin, I would give myself a half point. Oh, would you? Yeah. Or would you give yourself negative points because the points are made up? No, I would give myself a half point. Oh, right. I okay. would give you okay. negative points. Right, okay. Yeah, Daniel negative two. Uh, but anyway... I, I do you have anything any other thoughts on Mariners? I we're at a we're at an all time high. So I like I've already done the sensational thing of saying they're gonna win the World Series, they're gonna win the division. Yeah, blah, which blah, is blah. really a bit much and making me feel uncomfortable because I am a little stitious. 
I'll, all I will say right now is that I have been a fan of this team from the beginning. I never <laughs> doubted them for a moment, not for a single second. I knew they would be this good. And that is what Daniel and I have appreciated about you, Justin. Thank you that I've really stuck yeah, with them. You've just always been positive and a believer. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's move on. Let's My move. fingers are crossed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Do you have parting shots on the Mariners? Is there anything I, else you want to say? I don't think so. Okay. I like I it's it is I do think right now if anyone out there is prone to a little bit of like inner like ref, self-reflection is remember how frustrating average can be because even when they were being very very aggressively average they were still doing, they were still, there was still enough positive that they weren't digging themselves a hole. And now we're seeing why that's important. Andrew, can I talk to you real quick about the schedule? Maybe. Can I talk to you a little bit about what the Mariners have coming up on their schedule? Yes, you absolutely can. They have a three game series on the road against the White Sox. Yeah. That ends the road trip. Yep. They come home for a three-game set against the Royals. Yep. Mm -hmm. Another dumpster fire. Then they host a three-game series against the A's. The biggest well, dumpster, oh, dumpster yeah. fire literally mm -hmm. in the history of the major leagues. That's how they close out <laughs> August. Then they go to New York and have a series against the Mets. Another dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> the then, Mets are the reason that the Yankees aren't the worst team in New York. <laughs> and then then they're going to play against the very average, although a little above 500 Reds, before they go into a four-game set against the Rays. And then the schedule gets a little tougher because they'll have to play... Uh, they do have Angels and A's mixed in there, but they have Dodgers and Rangers and Astros and Rangers again to end the season. So, wow. So the last nine games of the season are three games at Texas and then home for three against the Astros and home for three against the Rangers. So that last nine game stretch, they really wow, need to, yeah. they got to do, they've got a lot of really crappy teams that they're playing over the next month or so before they go into that last nine game stretch against those teams, they really need to capitalize on the opportunities to beat these bad teams. Even you know, though the they other are thing eight they and two do. against the Astros. That, you know what? I'm glad they're going to play the Astros again. <laughs> the the other, Astros are bad. The other thing they could do is do the frustrating thing, which is not look that awesome. Like maybe even lose a series in there to one of those terrible teams yeah. and then come back and sweep the Rangers. Like, I, <laughs> they've done that historically. Historically, and they've done they, that. It has really season. felt like they play up to their competition often. But they haven't done that lately. That's true. They've really been beating bad teams lately, and the series that they lost recently was against the Orioles, who, as yeah. I already mentioned, are the best team in the American yep. League. So I want. I'm saying that not as a like. I don't. That isn't even a thing I think will happen. It's a thing I'm like, it's the, the battered fan syndrome going, oh, geez. Yeah, your BFS just, is flaring up. Just wait for them to look terrible against the bad teams. But the point of that is that if they lose to the bad teams, I'm not going to completely lose hope because they can come right back and sweep the good teams. Yeah. Agreed. But I think we can all agree 
that the crap garbage that the Mariners are going to be playing against for the next couple of weeks, they need to come out with a monstrous amount of wins. Yes. Because they may never lose again. They were so average for so long this season that they, like you said, they didn't dig themselves a hole. And that's true because they've gotten out of the small hole that they, they didn't dig six feet under. It was more like they stuck the shovel in the ground a couple of times and then they put the dirt back in and then they <laughs> dug it again and then they literally put the dirt been back just in. going back yeah. and forth. <laughs> so, so you get to six feet under and you're toast. You're done for the season. They didn't get that far. They're just a few shovels full at a time. But they were average for so long that even though they're the best team in the majors now, they still don't have the best team record. So they need to really capitalize on this next stretch of schedule. Yep. Let's move on to high school football. Ooh. Do you want a local sports bed? No, because okay. we don't have anything to re- like. Nothing happened yet. Yeah, um, it's been two a days though. I saw them. Yeah. I, saw, I drove past. <laughs> I drove past a few football fields this week and yeah. saw <laughs> saw people working hard. So first first official week of football practice. Um, I think if you ask pretty much any high school football, I mean, your player, son skipped on church softball. Yeah. Really sad. <laughs> when when that message came in from Daniel asking if Peyton would be able to play <laughs> softball on Friday night, and I was like, like technically time wise, <laughs> could he have made it to a six fifteen game? Maybe, because his practice I think got out at like five fifteen. He probably could have made it, but he had practice Thursday afternoon, practice Friday morning, practice Friday afternoon, and then Saturday was practice and thunder which is the thing, the annual like amp up beginning of the year thing where they do Oklahoma drills. Nice. So they do that after practice. That's cool. Yeah, it's really fun. So, so why actually, didn't he play if he it, could get there? <laughs> <laughs> if people we don't know. Needed, we needed Peyton. And, and I'm sure that all, uh, I'm sure that a lot of other schools have like similar, like get you going traditions. And I don't know what they all are, but because my sons play Montesano football, I know this one. And I think it's really fun. They... You know, they invite the parents and all the fans to come sit in the stands, and then they just pick groups of three-on-three to just run Oklahoma drills against each other. Everybody gets a chance to carry the ball. Everyone gets a chance to be a lead blocker. Everyone gets a chance to be a linebacker. Like, you rotate through. You play as a team for a few times, and it's just – it's like you, you don't really go full contact in practice, but before you go into the jamboree, it's good for you to have one full contact thing that you're not doing a lot, but you get a few hits in and then you hope you escape it without injuries. And then you're ready for the season. You've had some full contact. And then it's also a chance for the kids to play in front of a crowd where people are cheering for them. It's really fun. They play loud music. They have a PA announcer. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool experience. You know what they should do? They should let the dads participate. Uh, not against the kids, did you not against the, the kids, but like they, they could totally get like 10 or so dads that are like, Oh yeah, I'm still young. Uh, I, did you hear the part where and, I said, you hope you escape without injuries? <laughs> and that would, <laughs> I, I think that that would do it. That would be so much fun for the kids to see. I saw a video trend on uh TikTok this week of I guess this is something I couldn't tell if this was like junior high or high school but somewhere in that like you know teen range that they had a moms get to tackle the kids thing before the season starts (laughs) so they have like a big pad set up and they get the kids in full pads and they give the moms pads 
and then the moms get one clean shot to just tackle the crap out of their sons. One of the moms speared her son in the ear hole. <laughs> like, it was See, one of those, the, like, the problem, head whips the back. The problem I have with the, like, it sounds awesome, except that they, moms don't generally know how to tackle properly. Oh, the, no, they do not. <laughs> I can tell you from having watched several of these videos, I mean, they're real ton, bad at it. I mean, a ton of dads know how to tackle the way they were taught 30 years ago, which is also not a great way to tackle properly. And not the way they teach tackling anymore. No. <laughs> yeah. Which is why the dads shouldn't be tackling the kids. That's a good point. <laughs> Also, like, you know, you always have the dad that's out there to prove something. Oh, yeah. Well, that's legitimately, it would be hilarious and fun to have, to, to, to include dads who wanted to participate in that. Yeah. I feel like you could get enough to have a few, a few Oklahoma drills. I know a handful who would do it. I am not one of them. (laughs) Well, Uh, no, obviously not. Um, (laughs) I, because... (laughs) <laughs> because even how hesitant I was to even play four games of softball this year for the, for our church league team, because I was like, mm, I don't know, I might hurt myself. <laughs> but I didn't. I got through the portion and of the season. And we're so proud of you. I got Daniel through the rolled of the his season. ankle la- yeah, last Friday, me. but I, I don't think it was too bad. Well, I told him he should use it as an excuse to get out of work, and he didn't do that. So... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think how bad could it be? I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure his work is sitting on a chair and talking to people about the PUD mm-hmm. in Lewis County. Daniel and I have always had this thing, though. Like he's go- he's at the fair. Going back to rec sports, where for some reason these sports that you don't get paid anything to do, but you actually, in fact, pay to play. Yeah, you get back out there if you can walk. You can run. Yeah, because like you, you care. Because you're because you're you're pain and your you adrenaline carries it. you through. Yeah. The only time in the whole time that the flag football league existed, which I think was like maybe six years, five or six years, something like that, I sprained ankles. I hyperextended my knee. I bought every brace imaginable. The only time I ever missed games was when I broke my finger on the knuckle in five places. And you know how I did that with all the physical things that happen in football? I did it pulling a flag. My finger got cut up on the person's shirt, so when I pulled down, it just bent backwards. Luckily, your mom was there. So I had a nurse on the sideline, (laughs) and I got to go over to her and be like, um, um, nurse? I think I broke myself. Do you think this is broken? And she looked at it, and she was like, yeah, I think that's broken. <laughs> so I had to go get it x-rayed, and they told me on the knuckle I broke it in five places. Oh, actually, you know what? It was this side. You can tell because it never quite healed right. Anyway, how right, did we get so on this? So why did you miss a game? <laughs> I missed a game because the... F- actually, you know what? <laughs> What's funny, Andrew, is like in in my head, I was like, oh, this is my left hand. I was playing quarterback. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is my left hand. It's, I can still play. It's not your throwing hand. <laughs> so I went back out there, and I tried to take a snap. And when I received oh. the snap, because everything's out of the shotgun, I received the snap, and I was like, oh, nope, that's not going to work. And then Never I, mind. And I pulled myself out of the game, because oh, I'm yeah. a, a wimp. A wimp. Yeah. yeah. Um, you how did we, dedication. I forget how we got on this. Glory days. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> there you go. Great. Now Russia won't be able to listen to the show. That's okay. 
Uh, okay, so anyway, their Moonlander just crashed. <laughs> moving what? Their Moonlander just crashed. Yeah, right. They went <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> no, they they crashed into the moon. Oh, okay. That happened like yesterday. Interesting. Is there yep. video of it? Is there uh, video of no it video. that's more compelling than the video that NASA put out of when we supposedly quote unquote went to the moon? <laughs> you know, you know that NASA is <laughs> is an organization that. Fifty percent of what they do is propaganda and lies. Uh, no. Also, Andrew, it's mostly just like radio transmissions. Also, Andrew, in the fifties, NASA started. Dis- they started exploring the deep sea. Then, after doing it for a long time, they abruptly stopped and then set off a massive explosion in the deep sea. Yeah. So, what did they find down there that they don't want the rest of us to know about? Aliens. Interesting. <laughs> Let's talk about high school football. <laughs> Did we not? Oh, 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 now we're going to talk about high school football. So practice started this week. If you're a Montesano fan, you know about Thunder. I just told you about it. What we have coming up this Friday, not the official start of the season. That's on September 1st. Okay. Local teams will be participating in jamborees, though, which if you haven't been to a jamboree, it's essentially like a series of scrimmages. Teams take turns, you know, 10 plays on offense, 10 plays on defense. You try to see how many times you can score. Then you switch teams, blah, blah. It's a lot of fun. It's fast paced. Uh, It's fun to watch. It is. Honestly. Agreed. I enjoy the jamboree. I've gone, I've taken my camera the last couple times and taken some photos and uh, just mostly as an excuse to be on the field so I can watch from... Uh, the best view possible, but I have to justify that press pass. The, uh, the local teams that from our, our core four schools will be participating in two different jamborees. Aberdeen, just as they did last year, will go to Ording and they're going to be in a jamboree with Ording, Eatonville and on Alaska. And Montesano always hosts the jamboree. Last year it was Elma, Hoquiam and Rochester. And it looks like from the schedule, I couldn't find anything official but it looks like from the schedule elma hoquiam and rochester will be there again so if you want to go to a jamboree and see montesano elma and hoquiam at jack Rottlefield by montesano high school at six o'clock this friday it's going to be a ton of fun that's that's a normal high school football time too so if you like going to high school football games that's a great way to start your season out it absolutely is. You know, it's a good way to get yourself kind of familiar with which are the players. Even to watch. if you're not a, even if you're, even if you're not one of those teams fan. Like if you're an Aberdeen fan and you can't, like if you're, if if you're not a, if you don't travel to follow Aberdeen, but you but you go to all the home games. That's a great a great opportunity to get get a look at local teams and and in like enjoy a ton of football for sure. And, and for me, you know, and I think anybody who considers themselves like a casual fan of local high yeah. school sports, you might not know in depth who's playing what position because year over year, you're always going to yeah. lose a bunch of players. Yeah, and if graduate. you don't have a kid playing, it's hard to keep track. Agreed. So if you're curious, you go to the Jamboree, you watch the varsity teams, you go, okay, roster, that's the kid who's playing quarterback, that's the kid who's playing wide receiver, yeah. running back, all that stuff. You can kind of figure out who the players to watch for are. Also, you go and you're like, Man, that number 55 kid from Montesano is just p- 
pancaking people left and right. Oh, look at the roster. That's Camden Taylor. You know, that kind of stuff. You, so you'll know, you get a, you can get a Weird. feel for who to keep an eye on this year. That way, uh, throughout the course of the year, most people can only watch one game a week. Yeah. So And when it's usually going to be their team. Exactly. So yeah. you go into it knowing, you know, who do I want to look for in this game. Uh, I would, it's really difficult on a week like this to name an athlete of the week. Um, actually, before we do that, I, I will say, and, and I'll get your thoughts on this too, Andrew, because you've done some coaching as well. Um, we have a really, a really unpredictable league this year, I'd say. Like, typically, you kind of know going into a season who the best team or who the best two teams are, and you know that one team might be terrible. And I don't think you have that in the Evergreen 1A this year. You have Eatonville who over the last few seasons, uh, having come in to the Evergreen 1A League, they've been really good. If not the best team, they've been one of the best teams every year. They lost a ton of seniors, like almost their whole starting lineup on both sides of the ball, with maybe a couple of exceptions, with wow. seniors. So it's not to say that they don't have a bunch of juniors and sophomores that are going to step up in that role, but you don't really know who all of them are. It's a pretty similar situation in Montesano, there are I, there are more juniors who will step up in that who have been playing varsity, been starting on varsity. So there's going to be a lot more familiar names in Montesano. That's one of the things that Daniel really likes about the Montesano program. Yeah, you get guys yeah. who get in there for varsity action, um, and that. But the, there's a question mark that you know they have a, a quarterback who hasn't started at quarterback for a full season. Jackson Wilson, he's had games at quarterback, but he hasn't had you know the team for a full season yet. He's going into his senior season. You'll have a halfback, which I don't know what they settled on. I kind of expect it to be Tucker Eaton, which Tucker's really fast. It's a different type of running back than what Montesano's had, like uh, Ethan Blundred, Isaiah Pierce, you know, going back through. Some, they're, they're, they're like, you know, bell cow kind of like really strong running backs, and Tucker's a speed guy. So it'll be different. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, he's very capable of, you know, busting off an 80-yard touchdown run, but it's going to be different from what we've seen the last few will years. Will they adjust their run? Will they adjust their play calling to reflect that? Or or is he going to be running the same runs, but just as a speed person rather than a, a brute force person? If I had to guess, I would say the plays will stay the same, but... You might see because they have a he really might bounce them more, possibly. Oh, yeah. But also they have a really good fullback, Gabe Bodwell from uh, Stumped Andrew, <laughs> that was the starting fullback last year as well, who is really capable. So you might see a really heavy load on the fullback as okay. well. So like you might so see pound the fullback and then run your speed back. Exactly. Try to catch him with a and this this is all speculation. I don't know anything. Uh, I'm granted kind of, we, all, the idea we, we don't think, you know, anything, I really Justin. don't know much of anything <laughs> at all. Like in any way, um, Jackson Wilson, the quarterback also very capable of running. We watched him do that last year in the action that he had in the Hoquiam game. Um, and he even actually played as a sophomore a little bit, I believe if I'm remembering that right. Anyway. Um, so needless to say, I think Montesano is going to be good. I think they're going to be very good, but there's question marks there. You have um, an Elma team who has no head coach, and we did. We have they, they have two head coaches. They don't have a head coach. They have two guys sharing the responsibility. Yeah. 
which is which sounds difficult. Mm-hmm. Like if it works well, I have a ton of respect for both of those guys. Agreed. Like it's that's taking that is a thing that I would not want to take on because it would be so difficult. Right, because it takes the right kind of personalities yeah, and the right kind absolutely. of relationship to make that work. How do you split it up if you have you know, some kind of a disagreement. Who's the ultimate decision maker there? Yeah. Do you have to go to the athletic director to break a tie? Or do you have good enough understanding of each other to resolve that tie without having to go to somebody else to make a decision? Exactly. So that could go either way. Yeah. It could be great or it could go poorly. Yeah. So I don't think you know what you have in Elma. Right. And, and, I want to be clear. I don't know these coaches. Neither do I. Just talking about the situation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but in Elma, they have a very talented quarterback in Carter Studer uh, coming back to run their offense. He passed yeah, really well that. last year <laughs> from Stump Dandrew. And uh, so so there's another question mark. Like, yeah. they got pretty far down the road with a guy that was going to be their head coach, and then that fell through. So it was a little bit late in the game for Elma at that point to, to find another head coach. So they decided to go with this split responsibility. In Tonino, which Tonino's been really good the last couple of years. They had uh, Kerry Nagel as their coach, I think four years there, really rebuilt the program that had not been very good and turned it into something that was excellent. Um, you know, making state playoff appearances. They even had a state playoff win a couple of years ago. And I think that they still have a good amount of talent in Tonino as well, but their coach quit. Like... We- a yeah. month ago. Wow. Uh, something around there. Like after the whole summer program was over, when you know that you only have like a week and a half to two weeks of practice to, to get your guys going once the season starts, their coach had, you know, for whatever reason, he quit. And then what ended up happening eventually, it, they didn't all leave at once, but every other coach that coached with him on the team eventually quit as well. Yeah. And so, that's, that sucks. Like for the kids. Yes. That really sucks. Agreed. And I, that's not, there might've been, I don't know anything about that situation. There might've been really good reasons for, for the coach being like, look, I can't deal with this anymore because people like, uh, administration, all that kind of thing. It can be really difficult to deal with. I, I know that, but man, that sucks for the kids. Yeah. Well, and this is a guy, like I said, who he he had built this. You know, that he yeah. took over a program in Tenino that was not good, and he built it into something that was a state playoff contender, and and a state playoff. They won a state playoff game, as I mentioned, and for him to have gotten to that point where he was like, I can't do this anymore. You know, knowing that he didn't. You know, did I, he did he not take another job? Is he not coaching I, anywhere else? Not that I've heard of, but well, that's part of it is because there's not any jobs available this time. Like, right. The, right. Cause so the fact it, that there were two not jobs a, the available. time when you, you hire coaches. Yeah. In this yeah. league, the fact that there were two jobs available at that point of the summer is totally bonkers. It's a really weird scenario. So Tenino did replace him because what, like they had to, they didn't have any, any assistant coaches who stuck around and they needed a coach to come in, so they they got a guy. Uh, his that, name. The fact that the assistant coaches left as well, yeah, makes me feel like 
like the problem might be in the administration rather well, than with the coaches. And as I was hearing it, the number kept going down. Like it was, oh, you know, uh, you know, three of the coaches stuck around, and then it was two of the coaches stuck around, and then then it was one, and then all of a sudden it was zero. And I, I don't know all the factors, so I won't pretend to know all the factors of why that happened. But yeah. it seems like um, this guy who they hired named Darren Tinnerstedt, who is a he was the offensive coordinator at Capital. He does have head coaching experience from Seahome and also from being an interim coach at Capital for one year. I think they were really lucky to be able to yeah. find a guy with that yeah. kind of a, a resume to come in and take over the program. But he also runs an offense and a defense that's so different from what Tenino does that I will be curious to see, is he going to come in and try to run a variation of what was already there? Because he doesn't have the yeah, coaches do that you, taught it. Do you pull in like the offensive defensive captains and be like, okay, guys, so what plays do you know? Like, yeah, what, should, exactly. what should I call here? I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see w- how much they look like they did last year. Yeah. Because the, the uh, offense that Nagel ran was a very, it wasn't typical. Okay. You know, it was a it was a, a very specifically Tenino offense. I think it's an old school offense, really. Okay. But it was very specific to them, and it's not like what the other teams in the league run. So, the idea of being able to come have somebody to come in and teach that specific system is it's a it's kind of a far fetched idea. That makes me think that they won't. That they'll just be running something more more general. So the, I think that's the big question is. Will would it be easier to you know, I talked to a friend of mine who used to be an offensive coordinator and he was like, I could install a simple offense in two weeks. So you can do it. He he even said, like, it's not ideal, like it's not what I would want to do, but I could do it. Yeah. So it is possible to if you have a lot of experience in offensive coaching to install an offense in that amount of time, but it would be a difficult task to, to undertake. Yeah. So that and it would also be difficult for to adjust that off. Like it would be easier to stop that offense right. as a, as a defensive coach looking at at that team coming in. You'd be like, oh, they this is a new coach. They're running this super basic system. We can deal with that. Yeah. So then that so then that there's your question mark in Tonino is like I feel like had everything gone into this season with the same coaching staff, you probably would expect Tonino to be up near the top of the league again, even though they lost a lot of talent too. Then that brings us to Hoquiam. And you only have to go back a couple years to find a Hoquiam that's a total dumpster fire, that looks incapable of winning. Then over the course of the last couple seasons, they've built that program into something a lot more competitive. You know, they won a couple games last year. And going into this season, the expectations for Hoquiam with Jeremy McMillan, you know, still there as head coach, I think you have to be in the expectation of more like middle of the league. So I don't think there's a clear, here's the best team, here's the worst team, here's how it's going to lay out. And, you know, I, I was texting with a friend of mine for, that uh, is a fan of a different team in our league, just trying to get an idea of what he thought it was going to be like this season. And he's like, well, I'm putting out a prediction of here's how I think that the, the league is going to lay out. And so he sent me his prediction of what he thinks the league standings are going to be. And I looked at it and I was like, all of that makes a ton of sense. I could also see that being completely wrong. Like we could be looking at this a couple months down the road and realizing that all five of the spots were incorrect. It's totally crazy to me. To me, the Evergreen 1A football league this year, totally up in the air. Well, that's good. That makes, I mean, for a non 
for for anyone who isn't a diehard fan of one specific team, that's definitely good. But even if you're just a little like you're like I like I root for Aberdeen, but I'm not living and dying with Aberdeen. I've I live a long way away. I'm not like I don't I'm not involved in the program at all. It's exciting when anybody has a chance at the beginning of the season. Agreed. Except that this season in particular, <laughs> I would really like it if I could look at our Montesano team. We know that you ride or die with Montesano, Justin. <laughs> would, That's fair. Well, you don't count as one of the, the people that I was talking about. Specifically <laughs> in my son's senior season, less stress would be better for me. So if I could look at it and not feel so stressed out about how things are going to shake out, it would be better. And I still think if I had to pick a team and I put, even if I put my bias aside, I feel like I I'd, would pick Montesano to win the league but I'm not going to feel like it's Montesano and then three spaces down you have the next team. I'm yeah. going to feel like the other teams that are capable of doing it are right there with them. And that that's before the season. As we get into the season, that will probably change. We'll probably be like, wow, this team's terrible. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So that leads us to the last thing I've, that we have to do. <laughs> probably to Nino. <laughs> the worst team in the league. <laughs> See, and that, honestly, you know... You I wasn't would sure if I wanted to take a shot or not, but I will. <laughs> I would like Tenino to be in last place. But they actually have a lot... I mean, because I hate Tenino. But they have a lot of talent. Like, they lost a lot, but they have a lot of talent coming back. The yeah. cupboard isn't bare, is the way that it was put to me. Yeah. So, me, me speculating that they're going to be bad is entirely be, because of the coaching situation. If, if they can... Oh, like, it's... It's the whole the the traditional conversation about whether it's it's more about the Jimmys and Joes or the X's and O's. Mm -hmm. You're gonna get an extreme example of that controversy in Tonino because the X's and O's aren't gonna be aren't gonna be very uh, the the a new coach coming in is not going to be able to install the best X's and O's that he can. Mm -hmm. It's going to be down to the Jimmys and Joes. If, if they're talented enough, then they might be able to overcome not having all of the advantages of excellent coaching throughout a season, uh, uh, on off season. Agreed. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. Maybe we'll, some of that will come to light a little bit during the jamboree. And then as the season gets going, uh, we will, definitely start to know more for now the last thing we have to do is name an athlete of the week this becomes difficult when there's when not a lot of like things <laughs> happening um i didn't have anybody s submit any information about like you know soccer teams or junior olympics or anything that i don't know what's going on I don't, it doesn't seem like much of anything not much is going actual on. competition happened there's like women's world soccer World Cup soccer. That doesn't really help us for local no, athletes. No, it doesn't. No, not at all. So preseason NFL. There was a few things that happened. One is we know that uh, Joel DeBlanco had a workout with the Houston Texans. All right. Of the NFL. I didn't, is that all we know? Yes. Okay. I, in fact, I even texted someone I know who knows Joel, and I was like, hey, can, is there any, can you tell me if anything good or anything happened? Can you hear anything? And I got, I didn't get any, I didn't get any response with information. I got a response, but just not a, Hey, here's what happened. It was, yeah. I don't, I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Um, and even as I looked up, you know, news sources trying to figure out how the tryout went, couldn't find anything, but
but I can confirm through multiple sources, including, you know, Twitter, like three different reporters said on Twitter that Joel DeBlanco tried out with the Texans. So I know it happened. Last week we did a, here's a player to watch this upcoming high school football season. So I thought it would be fun to, we have one more week to do that. And then we get, we have the Jamboree. So we'll have something from the Jamboree. I can pretty much guarantee it. So I thought it would be fun to do one more week of here's a player to watch. So I started looking at all league teams from last year, you know, refreshing my memory on who were the players from last year who are coming back this year. And as I was looking at it, I was reminded there's a player for Aberdeen who was all league first team on both sides of the ball. He was a junior. He's coming in as a senior this year. And he's going to be playing for the Bobcats. He's an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. He's massive. His name's Jabron Brooks. So that was my first thought was for Aberdeen, you got a guy who's returning. He has he has a college offer from Pacific University already. Um, I, I tried to look on his Twitter to see if there was more, but I think that's the only one. I mean, entering his senior year, it's not weird that you might only have one college offer. But he was returning all league first team offense and defense. In a way, I kind of thought, as I was then looking a little bit more at Aberdeen, then I was remembering Aiden Watkins is coming back. And Aiden, even on a team that was just stacked with guys to carry the ball out of the backfield, found a way to have a big impact on offense last year, carrying the ball, catching the ball. He had a couple of huge games. He won Athlete of the Week on our show at least once. So... Aiden, to me, is another kid that I think that certainly is a player to watch for Aberdeen. Um, Paul Baltazar, also on the offensive and defensive line, he missed some games last year with an ankle injury for Aberdeen. But, you know, also going into his senior season, I think there's a lot of really high hopes for, for Paul. And I was trying to figure out, like, you know, between these different guys, you know, I, Marcus Hale popped into my head. Um, I believe Nolan Cook is another kid who's coming back that played a lot for them last year. There's a lot of guys for Aberdeen specifically that I realize have experience, have had an impact on the field. There's only one guy who was first team all league and he got it on both sides of the ball. And that was Jabron. So I was leaning. Jabron is a beast. He is a beast. So I was leaning towards naming Jabron athlete of the week and saying, you know, just continuing our trend of here's a player to watch. Keep your eye on this guy. Did you have any thoughts or anybody else you want to throw in the ring? No. Okay. I actually really I like the idea of Jabron. Because okay. also, Jabron playing offensive, def- offensive and defensive line, mm-hmm. it's hard. Admittedly, if you just got sacks, if you just yeah. rack up sacks, then you can get uh, Athlete of the Week. But especially on offensive line, it's tough to get enough attention to, like, there's not a stat that gets our attention week to week for to to get athlete of the week as an offensive lineman, but Jabron is a monster, and it's I think it's a good opportunity to recognize him. Okay, so I, so I like that idea. So I'm gonna say, with a special nod to Aiden Watkins, who I think is gonna have a phenomenal year for Aberdeen. Let's name Jabron Brooks. Of Aberdeen High School, our only... Oh, we don't have a sponsor. 
our scrimmage. <laughs> I did the Daniel thing. I almost good called job. Good job. We're gonna name Jabron Brooks our athlete of the week. The scrimmage athlete of the week. Congratulations, Jabron. We have something in the works that I'm really hoping is going to turn into a thing, and I think we're going to have hopefully another sponsor soon. Daniel's been working on that yep. really hard. So, in spite of not being with us anymore this week, yeah, he Daniel, has been working very hard. Daniel behind the scenes. is no longer with us today, <laughs> but actually, if Daniel were here, he would say, "If you would like to support local sports, and you would like to support what we do." If you have a small business or you know of a small business, please sponsor us or encourage your local businesses to sponsor us. Get in touch with us. You can email us, the scrimmage at gmail.com. You can hit us up on any of our socials, and we always check those and respond. Well, I should say I always check those and respond to those. Um, but I think that the important thing to remember is that by sponsoring this show, because we exist to recognize local athletes for their effort and achievements. So I love the fact that we still have a local newspaper that still, even though it's, it hasn't been what it was in previous years, we still have a local newspaper here that covers local sports. We still have a radio station that broadcasts games, football, basketball, even sometimes baseball. We learned this year in the playoffs. So we have people who cover the games we try to have a secondary impact here by like, you know, breaking down the games, discussing the athletes, you know, giving them another platform to be recognized. So if you're considering sponsoring us, don't just look at it as, you know, we're sponsoring these guys who have this podcast. Look at it as a way to support local sports in Grays Harbor and Pacific counties by um, supporting those who support the sports. And that's really all we're trying to do. You know, none of us are trying to get rich by doing this. We just want to be able to continue doing it so that the kids can be recognized for all the effort they put into what they achieve. Sound good? Did I do a, Dan- was, a good Daniel Hargrove yeah, thing? The, uh, I think you did it better. Wow. I think he, I feel like he stutters more when he does it. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I got a golf clap from Hannah. You know what? Hannah gives me so little praise and affirmation that like that felt really good. I'm just saying. <laughs> That was, that was definitely the highlight of my day so far. <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> Jabron Brooks, Athlete of the Week. Congratulations, Jabron. If you want to sponsor us, reach out. I think that's going to do it for our show today. Andrew, do you have anything else? I don't have anything else. Hannah, add. do you have anything? Nope. Okay. So that's going to do it for our show today. So for our absentee co-host, Daniel Hargrove, who is no longer with us today, and my trusty producer, Andrew, in the Coog Zone, gross. I'm Justin Domashevitz, and you've been listening to The Scrimmage. Probably, hopefully. I can't believe I let you get away with giving your own non-nickname. Ha ha. <laughs>